When I was younger, I was beaten and told that I was nothing. But deep down inside, I wanted to prove those words wrong. And that became my life goal. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about the reality of the height of being famous and whether or not that pursuit will really make someone happy or not. Now, we all have dreams and aspirations to do something amazing in our lives. It may be goals to become a doctor one day or like a famous astronaut or even a famous musician. But once you get there, Will it truly be enough, or is there something more to life? In our last show, Kat Stragopedi told us how she was a famous rapper, opening up for some top acts. She shared with us in our last show about how she was raised and how her past of emotional abuse from her mother and unfortunately some other sexual abuse things that happened to her really shaped her childhood. Today, she's going to continue to share with us about how her past really shaped her future in a negative way in the pursuit of fame. Kat? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. Kat, thank you so much for being just real and raw on the show. We're asking you some like really hard questions, you know what I mean? About your past. And it is a hard (laughs) thing to talk about. So again, thank you so much. Let me ask you a question here. In our last show, you were talking about the abuse. Give me another story of a specific abuse that happened where it just really shaped your life towards the direction you're going. Okay. My mother, she was constantly putting her hands on me. She took my head one time and slammed it into the wall. Wow. Yeah. I mean, at that point, she would beat me with a very thick plastic hairbrush. It really hurt. (laughs) Now, I'm curious. Why was she doing that? Like hitting you in the bottom or face, head, all over the place? All All over. over. Okay. So this thing was like a weapon. You're totally getting physically abused. So what caused that to happen? Were you talking back or what was going on? I was becoming bold and standing up to her so she wouldn't hit my brothers and sister. Oh, wow. And she didn't like that. She saw I was becoming bold, like I was kind of having enough. Even when she would hit me like really bad, I purposely would not cry. Wow, why? Like I just became so hardened and prideful. Like I wasn't going to let her know that she was hurting me. You never said anything. In the past, you would just take it. In the past, you would cry. I would just take it. Yeah. I wouldn't even cry. She would just keep doing it harder and harder. Oh my gosh. And I would not cry. I would not give her the satisfaction that she was hurting me. Oh my gosh. That's so sad. What was your relationship like with your father? My dad was my world. He was basically the love of my life. And when they divorced, when I was seven, it broke my heart. Like he told me he was leaving the house, but that he would always see us on the weekends. And then eventually he took my mother to court and got custody of all four of us. Oh my gosh. Yep. Okay. So all of this came out in the court and it backfired, basically was caught. Because, you know, I know that kind of stuff, how it works in divorce. What happens is if there's abuse... Right. Even a father can be awarded 100% custody. 
Well, what started the ball rolling, so to speak, was I found cocaine in her pocketbook. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Actually, the only reason I knew what it was is because she made me watch Say No to Drugs. <laughs> oh no. And it was just like poetic justice. Like otherwise I would not have known what it was. I even got it on my hand, but I called up my father right away. That's what really started the ball rolling. Wow. And also too, I didn't know this at the time. My best friend told me years later that she went to the principal to tell them that my mother was physically abusing us hmm. and they brought in social services. Wow, man. So during this time, you're being abused, rejected. It sounds like you harbored this attitude of kind of like, I am going to make it through this, but it's almost like you bottled your emotions inside. So what does this have to do with trying to be a famous rapper one day? Can you connect that for me? Sure. I didn't know I wanted to be a famous rapper until high school, okay. but I always knew I wanted to be famous at something, a famous performer, like basically where I was going to give myself to the world. I was going to show the world who I was and my talent through dance and singing. Mm. I knew that I just needed to show the world what I was made of. Like prove. Because I was just so belittled by my mother Wow. to the point where it was so toxic. And that's why my father has been my hero. <laughs> oh, man, I understand. And you know what? There's so many people are listening who have been through things like this and probably can relate. Now, I understand that the sexual abuse in your past also tainted how you viewed men as an adult. I understand that deep inside you had this kind of hatred for men and this deep desire to have control and power over powerful men. What did that look like? So, yes, I really just viewed men as disposable, wow. that I didn't care if I hurt them. I treated my girlfriends like gold, but men, I never let them get too close to me. Mm. And I would just date. I wasn't physical with them. Yeah, They were just disposable. Like if I wanted nothing to do with one of them, I would just literally like vanish I wouldn't even give them an explanation. <laughs> well, you were dating famous people. You were dating these famous, powerful rappers. Yes. And, you know, you were doing famous acts. You were working with them, having connections. Yes. You know, your beauty at the time was one of your main selling points. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Britney Spears, you know, style meeting Tupac kind of thing, right? <laughs> yes, Britney Spears meets Tupac. Yeah, I guess you can call it that. That was pretty good. Okay. So what was that like? Tell us about your rapper days. What was life like as you arrived at that moment? You're proving to the world that you're going to be famous, that you are something. Tell us about those rapper days. How did you get there? It was awesome. I was invited to Gaio series birthday parties. That was Madonna's manager. Whoa. Everybody wanted to know who I was. Who is this girl? And the loads of attention I got. Wow. At the same time, I knew it was just so fake and phony. But, you know, I just went with it. Yeah, because at first you don't know it's fake, right? At first it's yeah. like serious <laughs> dopamine overload, right? You're, it just feels so good. Oh, yes. And performing is like that too. It's just like when you have thousands of people screaming and cheering you on, it's such a high. Wow. And I can see why people can get addicted to that. Really? Because yeah. it's just like all these people and they were like literally cheering you on. They're just like loving you. Like they want to touch you. They want to know you. They want to yeah. get a signature from you, right? Totally. So you're just like <laughs> literally the eye of attention here. Yes. And it's so opposite to what you were told when you were younger. Exactly. It was the polar opposite. But yeah. almost like polar opposite in a toxic way too, because it's like they were idolizing you like you were God or something. Yeah. 
Yes, it was definitely idolizing. Like when I was going out with my famous <laughs> white rapper boyfriend, there's not that many out there. <laughs> he would basically treat me like I was a trophy and say things like, oh, you look so good by my pool. And I'm like, Ugh. I was just like gagging because people really never knew how smart I was. <laughs> like it was oh. just, they just thought I have this pretty girl by my mm-hmm. side, but I just mm-hmm. wanted more. I wanted more, but I didn't know what more was. It was always a constant void. Mm. And even when I was getting the attention and the notoriety, it never filled that void. And I was mad. I was very upset that it didn't. Why is that? Why is it that often people reach this pinnacle of having all these people not only cheer you on, but like want you to perform more and having this great high? How could that not be enough? It wasn't. And then after when the lights went out and then I had to be by myself, I'm going to say it definitely helped to distract the real issues I had. It really like it helped to just almost like a drug. It was numbing you. It was totally. And I've never see the funny part is I've never drank or done drugs because of my dad. My dad (laughs) was very solid in my life like that. But my high was in my mind and creating this fantastic world that I was living in. But then when it wasn't fulfilling me, when it wasn't filling that void, and I've had that void since I was very little, Mm. I was very mad. I became angry as to why I was not fulfilled. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, let's stop there. I want to hear more about how you ended up finding Jesus which is amazing, you know, that you found Jesus in your life. So I'm really curious how your life took that turn. Kat, thanks so much for sharing everything with us and really everything. We're learning so much. We're looking forward to having you back again. Thank you so much. Hang on. Let's dive deeper into ancient meanings of what you just heard right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? For me, this route in Kat's life was predictable. Since she was so rejected by her mom in her youth, she grew up with very low self-worth. What was interesting was that she set in her heart that she was going to prove to her mother that those words weren't true. And in a sense, make her mom regret her words. I mean, think about it. That's what was really going on there. Kat's testimony reveals that her life and purpose was to prove certain words wrong. That's a trap, beloved. To be honest, I think there are many who have a mission in life to work hard to prove certain judgments of others wrong, to prove their own value, to prove their own success, to prove their own ability. 
But as you heard from Katarina, in the end, she became so famous, but it was so empty. Where was the moment of arriving? Where was the moment where all the feelings of worthlessness would disappear? They didn't. Maybe it made those voices louder. In the Bible, it's written in Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Beloved, if you are told that you are not of any value, that you are a mistake or that you have no use, that simply is not true. The truth is that you are God's workmanship. You are created by Him by design. You're designed for what? For good works, to bring forth good into this world and a measure of good that only you can bring. But you really have to understand the will of God and surrender to Him to bring this about. Father God, I'm praying for the person who's saying, gosh, I don't know what I'm called to bring to this world and I don't know how that will bring fulfillment. But in this moment, Lord, we are surrendering our lives to you. Teach us, God, what our value is. And most of all, let us receive you and let us receive the vision and the plan for our lives. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.